The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Daf Chafhet. Today's daf is being studied in the Mishmat of Rabbi Esther. Ruach Hashem Tenihan Begin Aydin Amen. Today's daf is being studied in the Fuah Yosef Ben Sarah, Rahamim Ben Adel, Sarah Batlachet Elna Refanadahim, Betoch Shah Chodah Amo Yisrael. Amen. We begin today's daf. On Chav Zayin Amud Bet, and we are at the Mishnah at the bottom Seven lines from the bottom. Mishnah. Amar Bizekharia ben Akasab. The Bizekharia ben Akasab said regarding his wife, he gave a testimony. He lived at the times of the Hurban Bayechini, where the Guim were sieging Yerushalayim. So he wanted to testify that his wife was not defiled by the Guim. Hence, he should still be permissible to live with her, because he was a Kohen. So the Gemara says, says He swore on the Bet HaMikdash. Ma'on is the dwelling. He swore on the Bet HaMikdash. <coughs> she did not leave my jurisdiction, my hand. From the time that the enemies came into Yerushalayim till they left, she was under my jurisdiction. Now I'm telling you, nothing happened. Yabara says, Mishnah answers, En Adam Me'id al Finished. A person cannot give testimony for himself. I mean, just like we learned <coughs> that the lady is not believed to give a testimony on herself. So we have a rule. Ishto kigufo. And just like we say, Ishto kigufo, so she cannot testify, he cannot testify as well, and therefore he was not the Imam. And of course, there's a simple reason, he's an Ogeya. He doesn't want to divorce his wife. And therefore he has a uh, prejudice. And therefore he was not believed to say that his wife was not defiled. Comes the Gemara and says, Tana, we have a brighter. Which means even so, Even though they will say his wife to him because he was a Kohen, he was able to live with her in the same chatzir, in the same courtyard. Now when she left the courtyard, she would go out first and her children behind her, so she would not remain alone with her husband. And when she would enter the courtyard, she would enter besof. She would enter at the end, Baneha. So her children would enter first, so there would never be Yehud with her and her husband. So there was a, a kula over here that the rabbis allowed her to remain in the same, uh, in the same uh, uh, courtyard, in the same, uh, in the same place. But what? They did not allow uh, Yehud. Good. So what's the, what are we learning? Which means the Achamim did not demand them to get divorced. 
they allowed them to live in the same chaser, of course, in separate uh, homes, and they were not choshesh that they're going to come lider avera. So the Gemara says now, based on this uh, fact, ba'e abaye. So abaye has a question. Let's just read that she kishi yotzah vu bachaser yotzah berosh baneha sheu abanim and ma'im shlo yitachadu. Good. So there'll be no yehud. Ushi nichnes nichnes besot baneha. Again, because she no yehud vehi bachaser abanim bebarutz. You want the children to go in first to break the yehud. So the Gemara asks ba'e abaye. Abaye has a question. Ma'u la'asot begrusha ken. Rashi, Kohen shigiresh etishto. Now we know once the Kohen divorces his wife, there's no way he can take her back. The Kohen is forbidden with a girushah. So Rashi says, Ma'ud la dur'imu b'chaser. Now she's divorced. He allowed them to live in the same chaser. What's the question? Maybe it'll lead to, since they were married, it could lead to Isur. So the Gemara says, Hatam hu dibishvuya hikilu. One side of the question is that maybe by Shivuya the rabbis were lenient. Why? Because the whole deen is a, a deen to Rabbanam. So they're able to say that what? That even though, let's say, the rabbis are Mahmir, that we don't believe the husband, and then we have to assume that she was defiled, but then he goes so far to say that they have to get divorced, they can stay in the same Hasid as long as there's Yehud. However, Abal Acha, no. But by a case of divorce, there's no room uh, to be lenient. Or Dilma, lo Shena. Or maybe no. The rabbis were lenient in both cases. Maybe they allowed a divorcee to live in the same chaser as her former husband, who was a kohen. Now, again, the issue of here is, since they recognize each other, the concern is that uh, it could lead to avera. That's obviously the side. So comes the Gemara, so she says, Gemara, Tashema, Detanya, we have a brighta. Ham garesh etishto. A person divorces his wife, Lo She should not uh, get married and live in the same courtyard. Which means, a regular person, he gets married, now once already she gets married to somebody else, she's not allowed to go back to the original husband, even Israel. So therefore they should not live in the same courtyard, in the same neighborhood actually. Look at Ashi. Which means she's familiar with his um, his hand gestures and things like that and movements. Which means it's too close. Maybe it's going to come because after all, once already she got married to somebody else, she's forbidden to come back to him. So they cannot live in the same uh, courtyard. And if the fellow was a Kohen, now that's already, she's a suratim, even if she doesn't get married. Which is, once she gets divorced, she's forbidden to go back. Which means they cannot even live in a mavui. Right? Even if she did not get married. Because the concern is that maybe they will be together. But in accordance as soon as we take a girusha, but Israel, Kozman Sheloni said, but Israel, as long as his wife did not get remarried, Tadur Bishkunato, don't bother to live in the same uh, neighborhood, so to speak. Why? Because she's permissible to them. Technically, if they go back together, it's okay. Exactly. So that's the deen of a Kohen. Now, they were, uh, again, they were all said that they might come to Tali. Uh, now, what is a Mavui? So, Mavui is really like an alley. That's opened up to the Rishut and Abim, and you have Hatserot, you have courtyards in the alley that are opened up uh, to each other. Okay, there's two different types of Mavuis. There's a Mavui Mifulash, Mavush and Mifulash. Some Mavuis are open up on both sides of the Chudarim, and some are uh, closed. But the point is that the 
um, uh, the courtyards are opened up uh, to each other. So therefore, it's forbidden even for them to live in the same mavui, which is even though she's living in one chaser and he's living in a different chaser, it's not one enclosed area like a shechuna, which is one enclosed area. This is just a, a bigger area called the mavui. Still, since the kohen is forbidden to this lady, even if she's not uh, remarried, so therefore they cannot. Comes the gemara and continues and says, imaya kfar katan. And if, let's say, the place where they're living is a kfar katam, which literally means a small village, so this story already came up. The Amr, the rabbi said, kfar katan nidon kishuna. So they treat a small village like a shikhuna, like a neighborhood. And what do we say by a neighborhood? That a girusha that got married should not live in the same shikhuna. So a kfar katan has the deen of a shikhuna, therefore it's also going to be forbidden. Now, there's different uh, shitot over here. Exactly what's a shikhuna, what's a kfar katan, exactly how does these things uh, come le so let's just read some of the Mefarshim of it. This is really based on the uh, Tosafot. Shekhuna, he explains, batim. A Shekhuna is a row of three houses. The Fizeh, Girushat Yisrael Shenisset Shenit. You have a Girushat Yisrael, she got remarried. Ena rasha'it nagud betoch menachak shloshat batim bebaalei akodem. She could not live within three houses of her prior husband. Okay? And that's the way actually the Berkei Yosef brings down in the Alakhan Yure De'ah at the end of Siman Shin Lambetet that there's a three house rule that's considered the same Shekhuna. Now, Dinash Girushat Kohen is already Hamur. That's even more stringent. She in a Rashid Mavui. Which means, forget about three houses. The whole entire Mavui is uh, off limits. Okay, even though there's more than three houses, obviously, in the Mavui. Now, the reason why they were more Mahmid by a Girushat Kohen is because, um, more than a Girushat Yisrael that got uh, married, is because Eshet Ish is more Hamur to a person. So therefore, he's less prone to be over uh, Eshet Ish then he is to be over to marry a, uh, you know, to marry a divorcee. So therefore, you don't have to be so mahmid by the Eshet Ish case. Therefore, the three house rule is enough. Mashiachim by Girushat Kohen, you have to be more concerned because they're not so careful. They don't treat it so hamud. If we have to put it even in the mavui, it's going to be uh, forbidden. Now. According to the Rosh, and according to the Ran, a Shekhuna, a uh, neighborhood, I guess, is bigger than a Mavui. Okay? So therefore, Girushat Yisrael, according to them, is forbidden in a Shekhuna. That was the first deen of the Gemara. Right? We said, Girushat Yisrael Asura Bishkhuna. So they were covered Girushat Yisrael that she got remarried is more Hamur than a Girushat Kohen. Because Girushat Yisrael she has to be, can't even live in the same Shekhuna. And um, obviously Girushat Kohen is only in the same uh, Mavui. Okay, in any event, that is the, uh, that is the subject of the Mishonim. <laughs> Comes Gemaran says, let's say now they moved in. They're within the proximity. Who's got to move out? Do you move out the husband or do you move out the wife? So comes the Gibran and says, 
Who is pushed away in front of who? She leaves. Which means if it's a choice of who has to move dwellings, you move the wife that was divorced and got remarried, you move her out. And you don't move him. Even though the Mepharshim say it's easier for him to move, let's say he can move to a close place, and she has to move to a far place, doesn't matter. She moves out of him. Or, but let's say the Hatser was hers. She owns the Hatser. Which means it's her property over there. And he doesn't have a ownership in the property. Then who needs him paneha? Then already, he has to move. You can't kick her out of her own property. That's a push. They both have ownership. Let's say they both own houses in the Hasir. Now who moves away from who? So Tashima. We have a brighter. He needs hit the panav. The brighter just says those words. He needs hit the panav. She moves out in front of him. What's the case? If it's talking about where he has ownership and she doesn't, Oh, so must be talking about even if she has ownership, still the law is she moves out. So what do you mean? That can't be that. And yeah, we just learned in the bright time. He moves out. That must be the case talking about where they both have ownership. That traditional bright is when they both have ownership, she goes out. So you must have no proof. Dilma de Agir Megar. Now maybe the case is talking about where there's no, she doesn't have ownership. She only has rental. And therefore maybe in a rental, then already she has to go out instead of the men. But maybe in ownership, maybe not. You have no idea when they both uh, own. Could be the case is talking about they, 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 where they, uh, they are renting. Which means both renting. And therefore that's why when they're both renting, they'll say she moves out in front of him. But maybe when they both own, you have no idea. Yeah. So give us okay. My Avi Alas, what's the halachana? Tashema, Hine Hashem, Metaltelecha, Taltela, Gaber. It's a pasuk in Yeshaya. God is going to cause you to be mitultal, meaning um, wandering like a man. Implying what? That it is bigger pain for a man to wander, because it's a curse that I'd be saying. You're going to wander like a man wanders. Implying that it's more difficult for a man to be moved around than a lady. A lady, it seems, acclimates more to move than man. And therefore, we're not going to move the man around. Therefore, the Gabbara would say, even if, let's say, they both own, We'll move the lady out as head of the uh, head of the uh, the man. Why? Because it's more difficult for him. So then we're not going to be matriachim. We have a blaita. The blaita comes along and says, "Now we're talking about let's say a man got divorced from his wife. Okay, let's say he borrowed against her nichasim. We learned." That when a lady gets married, she brings in certain assets to the marriage. Those assets are called nechsim and log. Those assets really belong to the wife, and the husband gets to eat perot. Now let's say during the marriage, he borrowed from the principal <laughs> of those nechse aviyah from his wife. Now he got divorced, so he has to pay her back. Now we don't want him to pay her back directly. Because any contact that they're going to have with each other could lead to Avon. Now obviously you're talking about where she got married, let's say, to somebody else. Or let's say it's a case of a Kohen, where if there's going to be direct uh, interaction, it can lead to something. So the Gemara says like this. 
Look at Rashi, third line. When they were married. Okay, Rashi learns the case of Kirkoy Chigiresh Tashto. Because it's forbidden now for her to go back. So it says in the Gemara, Ena Nifrat Ela Al Yadeahir. He's only allowed to make payments through a third party. Which means we don't want it to go direct. Rashi, Ena Nifrat Emenu Al Yadeahir. Shelo Yikribu Bidvarim. And we don't want them to talk and get close to each other because it'll lead to Avera. Amar Avsheshat, Vi'atune Kamal Ledina. Let's say both of them come to court. Have a case amongst them regarding the money. So they both show up in front of the rabbis in the court. We don't take the case. We don't hear them. Which means uh, we don't want the, the, the stuff discussing between the two because it can lead to Avera. Rav Papa Amar Not only don't we accept the case, we put them in Nidui for coming together. More so, we give them Malkut as well. Why? Because they did wrong. You're not supposed to come together to the Betin because already that's an interaction. They, 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 it comes close to each other. So therefore, they give them uh, Malkut. That's the way that she learns the case. Go ahead, marry, say, then they've got divorced, then they can have interaction. I'm a Canadair, because that case over there, they, they're concerned. But shaking in the Ishit Ish case, the guy's already uh, more mahmir uh, on himself not to go with the Ishit Ish. So therefore they're not concerned so much in that case. They're more concerned about this case where it's not so hamur on the guy, so any little uh, interaction can lead to Avon. Arab Nachman, Tana Ba'abel Rabbati. We learned in Abel Rabbati, Rashi says, Masikhta, it's the name of Masikh, it's called Abel Rabbati. They don't want to call it Abel, so they call it Sergina, uh, or they call it Masikh Simahot, which really talks about the sad things, but they call it Simahot. The first Mishnah Masikh Simahot says, A Goses, which means a Goses is considered alive regarding all. Uh, Practical laws. But even though he's on his deathbed, and he's on his last breath, but he's considered alive. Oh, so the Gemara the Masechet says over there. When do we say this whole law here that they should not have interaction with each other? Where they got divorced from Nisuin. But let's say it was only divorced from Irusin. Nifrat al even she can get paid directly. Why? She'en libo gasba. Which means they don't have so much familiarity at that point, only from the Erusin stage. So we're not worried this can lead to anything. So therefore, Gerushim and Erusin, it's okay for them to have interaction. Gemara says a story. Arus va'arusato. Arus and Arusa came in front of uh, Rava. Now she says, Kohenaya. Who's a Kohen? Yet, and it seems they were uh, divorced. Okay? So now what happened? So yeah, was sitting in front of them. So Rava put a shaliyah in between them so they don't directly interact. We learned that Arusa Arusa, you don't have to put an intermediary in between. So why what are you putting an intermediary over Which means I see that they are, they recognize each other. They're uh, giving uh, gestures to each other, which is they're close. And therefore, in this case over here, even Arusa Arusa, we have to be. 
Mahmir. Amri, some have the same episode a little differently. Lo did not put an intermediary in between them, because Harus Varusa, and therefore no problem. So Matna came the other way and said, Nikumo Shluhabintayu. You should put a uh, intermediary in between them. So the Rav Ravah said, what do you mean? But we learned from Abed Abati that you don't have to put from an Arus Farusa. So Ahmad Leh, Hanimili, Hechede, Lo Gaisi, Ba'adadeh. That's all you talk about where you don't see them uh, have any uh, familiarity or gestures to each other. Aval Hani, Kahazir Alu, De Gaisi, Ba'adadeh. But these two over here, we see that they're uh, they're close to each other. Therefore, Arus Farusa also needs an uh, intermediary. Okay, we go now to the next Mishnah. Ve'elu ne'emanin, le'a'id be'godlan, ma'ashra'u be'kotnan. The following have the Imanut. When they get older, to testify as Gedolim, to something that they witnessed when they were Ketanim. Okay, now the Gedolim is going to give us the Mishnah, is going to give us the examples. Number one, Ne'eman Adam Nomar, Zek Tav Yadoshil Abba. You have a star. So you have to be Kayim the star. Like we said, Midrabanan. There's a kind of Kiyum Shtarot. But they're right, when you have two Edim on a star that they signed, they have a famous rule that said, Edim hatumim ala star kenehkera edutan bebetin. That's as if they gave a testimony in Betin, and just like a verbal testimony is accepted, Edut on a star is considered nehkera bebetin. You don't need Midorai to any Kiyum. Midrabanan, the rabbis say what? You need a Kiyum. So what happens? This guy comes along and says, as a Gadol, I remember my father's, the father's not around anymore. He says, listen, I'm telling you that that's my father's signature. How does he remember? He remembers when he was young, he remembers how his father used to sign uh, the name. So therefore he's testifying when he's a Gadol, something that he saw when he was a Katan. Okay, so that she says, Which means, uh, the father died when he was a Katan, so he was only able to see his father's signature when he was a Katan. But what? You believe in Tabikayim the star. Or, Vizek Tab Yadoshir Rabbi. Or he wants to be Kayim the star of his rabbi. He said, That's my rabbi's signature. Now, mind you, in the case of the father, the case is where it's not a case dealing with his father. I mean, it's not where his father, say, lent money to somebody. Because then already a son cannot uh, be, he's, he's a yeah. cut off. We're just talking about where the father signed a star. Not regarding him, just for, as a witness for somebody else. In that case, we'll believe the uh, son to testify. For, for the same matter, the Rabbi, he's testifying what? I know that's my rabbi's signature. Ktav yadoshil achi. Or that's my brother's signature. Or, zachora yiti beplonit. I remember such and such lady, she yatsab bihinuma. On the night of her wedding, she went out with the Hinuma. We learned earlier in the Masik, Hinuma was like the veil that the Bitulot used to wear on the night of the wedding. And her hair was uncovered like the custom of the Bitulot was. That's, that's another testimony that we believe them to say. Nafkamina. That uh, the ketubah that she can collect now is 200. Because she's, she's really, she's really sick. I remember when I was a kid. I remember I was there at the wedding and I saw her come out like that. And therefore he has to pay her, uh, this guy has to pay 200 for a ketubah. Now the hadush is that you really, you're going to take away money out of a guy based on the idut of a katana, based on what he saw. He's a gadol now, but based on what he saw when he was a katana, the Gibraltar asked that question. Furthermore, Vishaya ish peroni yotsebe beta sefer litbon lechol betruma. He can testify. I remember I was in school, and this guy over here, his father took him out of the yeshiva in order to bring him to the mikveh. That's all he did. He's really saying he's a kohen. Therefore, you can trust him to get eating tiruba. 
Furthermore, Bishaya Cholik Imanu ala Gorim. Well, let's say he's acquainted himself, this guy. He says, I remember when I was young, this guy used to come to the granaries and collect uh, Tiruma with me. Mm-hmm. And we believe him to say what? That this place over here is Beta Paris. What is Beta Paris? We went to Masikat Benachot. Beta Paris is a place where you have a body that was buried, and they went and they plowed the field. And the concern is that what happens when you plow the field, some of the body parts now going to be um, lifted up from the plow, and now it's going to be scattered in the field. Now if you have an etzim that's the size of a seora, it's metameh beheset, which means if somebody moves it or touches it, so therefore it's going to be metameh. And therefore the deen is, they believe that uh, this kid to say, that this spot over here is considered a metapares, and then there's all laws which we'll see in the Gemara, exactly how do you walk through a metapares without um, uh, contracting uh, tum'ah. Furthermore, He's able to testify where the Tchum Shabbat was. I remember when I was young, we used to stop at this point on Shabbat. That was considered the city limits. We were able to walk on Shabbat. You're not allowed to say, guy has a field, let's say. He can't come along this adult and say, I remember when I was a kid, this guy over here used to have passageway through this guy's field. Which means, what you're really doing is, you're saying that although so-and-so owns the field, but the other guy has rights to walk through. Now the law is, if a guy's walking through somebody's field for three years, and the owner doesn't uh, protest, so it's already hazaka. So therefore you can assume that he has those rights. So in this case, we're not going to let an adult testify that this guy over here now had walking rights through, because... You motzi mamon from somebody else, and therefore, as what you saw as a youngster, cannot be motzi mamon from somebody else. Furthermore, ma'amad u leploni Says you see, this guy has a field. His custom was that he would allow funerals to take place in his field. Ma'amad and moshav was the custom they used to make that on the way back from the funeral, they would stand and sit seven times, and they would make eulogies. So he says, that I'm telling you, this field over here, I saw the Ma'amad and Moshev ceremony, and they used to give eulogies over there. What he's really saying is, that there's a Hazakat, this guy's field is used for this over here. So he's trying to take the field away from the guy for certain uh, rights. Not Ne'eman. Now the Gibbala is going to go through all the cases, and analyze them uh, separately. Now she says, uh, there's a Gersah, that should be taken out, some have in the Mishnah of Yohanan bin Berukah, but that Gersah does not belong in the Mishnah, it belongs in the Brayta that we're going to see at the end of the Masichet. Comes the Gemara. Amar Avuna Bered Rabbi Yoshua. Vihushi yesh gadol emmo. Of course. Which means, in certain cases, for example, for Kiyum Shtarot, you need two witnesses. So therefore, as long as you have his testimony of what he remembers when he was a Katan, with another Gadol that knows that the witness's signature went from when he was a Gadol, so it's considered two witnesses. Which means, don't think we're going to just rely on uh, one uh, witness over here. You need two witnesses. You need one legitimate guy that saw everything when he was a Gadol, and you can rely on this guy, what he saw when he was a Katan. Comes again when says, Vesricha. Oh. You need all these cases. What do you need? The father case, the rabbi case, the brother case. Because if you just give me the case of the father, where he's verifying his father's signature. I say it's we trust because he's by his father. He's close to his father. Therefore, he recognizes his father's uh, signature. He paid attention when he was young. That's his father's signature. 
but maybe he's not as close to his rabbi. Maybe he doesn't know his rabbi. So I said, maybe he doesn't have the emanut. The yashmi'in and rabor, if you only come in rabor, misum de'itle imta de He has fear for his rabbi, or for his rabbi, which means he's not going to testify that it's his rabbi's signature unless he knows the signature, because he has uh, fear for his rabbi. But the reference, he doesn't have the same reference for his father, therefore maybe he's not medayek. Good. If you only told me the case of the father and the rabbi, I would say like this. The father, you believe, because why? He's close to his father, he's sort of saying. And the rabbi also, because he has fear of him, therefore he's not going to lie. Uh, and he's going to be careful to make sure that it's his uh, rabbi's signature. But the brother doesn't have any of these. He's not always close to his brother, he doesn't have any fear to his brother. I might think that he's not believed, and if he's believed also, why? Because since the whole kiyum of shtarot is rabbinical, you have to remember the Shlakish's statement is a very important statement of the Shlakish. Shlakish taught that a shtar that has witnesses on it, mina Torah, you don't need kiyum. It's kiilum nechkeru edutan bebetim, which we just like two witnesses come to betim. We grill them, we ask them questions, we interrogate them, then what? If, if they were legitimate, we accept them. So a deen that made their names on a star, it's considered what? As if they gave testimony of Beti. There's nothing stronger than that. Midra Banan, however, they demanded Kiyum. So since Kiyum Shtarot is only Midra Banan, so they allowed this guy to testify what he saw when he was a Katan. That's the Hadus of the Mishnah. Comes the Mishnah, Gemara continues. I remember I was at the wedding of such and such a lady. She went with the veil on and she had the uh, the hinumat and the hair uncovered. Then she's a betula. Meaning, the husband has to pay now ketubah 200. My ta'ma, meaning what's the reason why you believe him? Because normally to take money out of somebody, you need regular testimony over here. Because since the majority of ladies that get married are bitulot, this is not really a testimony. This is just a revelation that she explains. You don't need to do this case. Come to Rov. Rov are bitulot. It's just that when we're going to make the guy pay 200, we want it to become mifusam that she was a bitula. So then we accept this guy's, this guy's testimony just to when the people say, hey, you gave her 200. Okay, we have a, this guy over here was known. He was just giving a, he gave a testimony. Not that you need his testimony. He went out his testimony. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's but it adds to it. As she says, the farsim, she din the We want everybody to know that the law was passed without any claims, and therefore we accept it as a gilu milta, not as a uh, edut. Comes again, Maran continues, I remember such and such a kid was in the Beit Sefer, in the school, and his father took him out of the school to take him to the Megveh in order to go feed him Tiruma. Uh, so you can trust that testimony, and uh, he's a Kohen now. Kamara says, Who told you he's a Kohen? Maybe he's an Eved of a Kohen. And we know that what? Kenyan Kaspo. The Eved of a Kohen is Truma. So how could you base that testimony? Maybe, maybe he was in the school with the Eved of the Kohen. And what? The father took the Eved of the Kohen out, his Eved, in order to go with the Mephesu Kenyan Truma. So how could you make the guy a Kohen based on such a testimony? This proves Rabbi Yosho ben Nevi. Damar Rabbi Yosho ben Nevi. Asul Adam, she yilamed et avdo Torah. You know how to teach you Eved Torah. 
Therefore, what was he doing in the Beit Sefer? Therefore, if he was in the Beit Sefer, that's the integral part of the testimony. So it must be not a Bnei Eved. must have been a regular Kohen. That's how you know. So it's a proof to be sure you can't teach Yaevid Torah. Gibras is velo. What do you mean? You can't teach Yaevid Torah? Be'at Tanya, we have a Braita. Now, we know the law is a person has Yaevid. Um, the Yaevid is, Yaevid uh, Kanani we're talking about, of course. Yaevid Kanani is Hayavid Mitzvot. Mitzvot uh, is exempt is only Hayab and Mitzvot like a lady now once already the Evit um, Kanai is freed that is considered a full-fledged Jewish Hayab in all the Mitzvot so now the case is like this let's say the master borrowed money from his Evit now normally you don't borrow money from an Evit because the law is Mashikana Evit and so he returns back to you. Whatever he owns, you own. So that may be an indication what he's really doing is he's freeing him. And therefore, by freeing him, that's why he's lending, uh, borrowing money from him. It's an indication that maybe he's free. Or let's say, or let's say he made his Ayyad the administrator over his properties. So that's already a trustee over the properties. Or, or let's say the Eved put on Tifilin in front of his master. Now, an Eved cannot use Patur from Tifilin. So, therefore, by putting on the Tifilin in front of his master, his master didn't say anything. So, it could be it's master that maybe his master is uh, really freeing him. Or another one. He went to the shul, he got an Aliyah. He went three pesukim of the Sefer Torah in front of his master. So the Gemara says, Don't think none of these things is a proof that the guy is free. That she, second line, Velo Amrinan Ilav de Shachrere. We're not going to say this. If he didn't free him, Lo Aba Yazif Mine, he wouldn't have borrowed money from him. Velo Aba Shavik Lenog Ben Hag Ben Onin, he wouldn't have made him his uh, trustee over all his properties to buy and sell. Vishamainan Mine Diyesh Eved Shilomet Torah. But what do you see from over here? You see that an Eved learns Torah, which means yeah, because he read the three pesukim, and you're not, you don't tell me that he's free. Really, he's an Eved. That's not an indication that he's free. But you see what? And Eved could study Torah. Yeah. So therefore we have a question against Rabbi Yosef and Levi. So the says there's a big difference between the cases. The case of Eved just brought me, the Eved's reading on his own. However, what the Yosef ben Levi meant, that you don't teach your Eved Torah, you don't treat him like your son, meaning send him to Yeshiva. Which is, if the Eved wants to read on his own, he reads on his own. But with the Rebbe Yosef, you don't teach him Torah, meaning you don't send him to Yeshiva like uh, your child. So therefore, that's the case of the uh, Mishnah. When the Mishnah said, uh, the, um, the, uh, the case of the, uh, the Eved, that what? That when he's giving a, 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 a testimony, so we say what? That the Eved really uh, must have been a Kohen. Because his Eved wouldn't have been in the school. Why wouldn't he be in school? Because he's not allowed to teach your uh, Eved uh, Torah. I was saw the Eved read. Yeah, it's on his own. But you wouldn't send your kid uh, the Eved to the Yeshiva. So, so therefore, must have been not have been a slave. And therefore, he's Ne'eman to say that testimony. And therefore, you establish that he is a Kohen. Good. So I saw him in the Yeshiva. The father took him out to go to the Mikveh to eat Truma. So the Gemara says, Which means we're only going to take this testimony to allow this. Kohen now to eat Tirumad Rabbanan. 
And we're not going to take a testimony of a man that saw something when he was young to let this guy eat now turma de oraita. Turma de oraita would be, let's say, hita, uh, grains, uh, grapes, olives, that's the oraita. All other perot are considered Rabbanan, and anything in Chutz Laharis is also considered Rabbanan. So therefore, for this testimony, the Gemara speaks out, it's only Terumah Med Rabbanan. Good. The Gemara says, we trust him when he comes along and says, this guy, I saw him in the granary, and he was uh, given Halek uh, in the Terumah, and the Mahasir, or whatever, the Terumah, let's say, like us. So we testify, he's a Kohen. Gemara says, V'dil Ma'evet Kohenu. How do you know? And the Eved Kohen is also not to eat Teruma. Mm-hmm. So maybe the guys of Eved Kohen went to the ground. I mean, they gave the Eved Kohen, also he gets a piece of the action. Mm-hmm. So how do you know, just because he comes along and says, I saw him in the granary, that you can treat him like a Kohen? Maybe he's Eved of a Kohen. Skemra says, Tenan keman de Amar. Must be that Amishnah is following the opinion that says, En holkin Teruma le Eved, Ela imken rabo'imo. Which means, in Eved, you don't give him at the granaries Teruma unless his rabbi's there. Mm-hmm. And therefore, in this case over here, obviously we're saying what? There was no rabbi there. You saw the guy there alone, so there must be he was a uh, real uh, Kohen. Master. The boy, more is master. The Tanya, we have a brighter. In Cholkin, Terumah, the Ebed, and Mahlokar over here. Once she tells us, you don't give Terumah to an Ebed of a Kohen, Ela imken Raboimo, unless his master is with him. The Ver Biuda. Rabbi Yose Omer, Yacholu Shiomar, Im Kohen, Ani, Tenuli Bishvil, Asmi. Mim Ebed Kohen, Ani, Tenuli Bishvil, Rabbi. Which means, you let him go down alone. And you let him say, listen, if I'm a Kohen, I'll take for myself. If I'm an Ebed of a Kohen, I'll take uh, because I'm an Ebed of a Kohen. So if we have a fantastic Mahalok to be Yehuda, and the be Yoseh, can an Ebed of a Kohen go down alone to the granary? So the Gemara says like this, what's the logic of the Mahalokin? So the Gemara is going to explain the logic of the Mahalokin over here. In the place of Rabbi Yehuda, Which means when you saw Kohen go down to the granary and get Terumah, that already was the biggest proof that he's a Kohen, and therefore was a Kohen to get Yuhasin, which means now you knew he wasn't a Natin, he wasn't a Mamzer, it gave him already full status as a Kohen. That's according to Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda is consistent. That's why he says, you got to have the master with him. Because if the guy's going to be alone there, and he's avid, people are going to say, oh, I saw him getting to Rumah. They're going to think he's a regular legitimate Kohen. So because he held that standing at the granary getting to Rumah already is the biggest proof for you, Hasin. So therefore, he, he, yeah, you got to be strict. You got to have the, the master there. Because yep. if he's alone, people are going to think he's going to be Yuhas. So therefore, that's why he says you have to have the master there. Now, B'mkomosh Rabbi Yoseh, the opposite. In the place of Rabbi Yoseh, Lo'ayu ma'alim b'tumal yuhasim. So therefore, he doesn't care. Even if the guys are Eved, let him go down alone. Because yeah. nobody's going to ever make a mistake just because he was taken from the granary that he is a Kohen. So it's based on those opinions. Now, you have a case over here, even when he's a Safik. Which is the case above was the case where he's a Safik, uh, Safik, Eved, Safik, uh, Kohen. How? You have, let's say, a guy's a Kohen, right? And, um, they have a, uh, he has a, a slave, okay? And the children get mixed up. You don't know which child belongs to the, to the master, and you know which child belongs to the Eved. And the man of Shach, they can eat, uh, Look at that sheep. You're right. But in that case over there, we have a Mahloket when he goes down to eat. 
does he eat the ta'am? Does he have to go down with his master or not? The Buddha has got to go down with his master. Whereas according to the Buddha, you can say, listen, whatever I am, if I'm Kohen, give me from the Kiwana, if I'm from the Avid, give me from the Avid. Look at Ashi, he stays the case. Look at Ashi, Vinisha de Braita, Kohenit Shinitare, Valdab, Vilat Shifhata. You have a Kohenit where her child got mixed up with the child of her Shifha. Shneim Yosim Lagorim, which means they both can go down to the Gorim in Manafshach. Yeah, in Manafshach. Either, either the child is a Kohen or the child is an Ebed of a Kohen. Either way, can he? Yeah. So, according to me, you'll say, you only got to go with the master. Just go down alone, just tell them, listen, whatever I am, give me. According to the Yehuda, no, in that case over there, they might think that this guy's Miyuhas. Therefore, you got to go down with the master. Bimkomosh Rabbi Yehuda, in the place of Rabbi Yehuda, Hayu Ma'alin Mitrumali Yuhasin. Right? Which means, uh, when a guy would go to the granary, already that was an indication he's a Kohen, they would elevate him for Yuhasin. He's not a Nazi, he's not a Manzer, he's not a Natin, he's considered a legitimate Kohen. However, Bimkomosh Rabbi Good, and therefore, hence each opinion coincides with their own shita. Tanya Amar Bilazar Miyamai. He says, In my life, loyalty. I never was a witness, I never had to give testimony. One time I gave testimony, And based on my testimony, they ended up bringing an Avid and they treated him as if he was a Kohen. According to my um, testimony. So the Gemara says, What? Is that possible? That you think that based on the testimony of a Sadiq, that God would bring a stumbling block to a Sadiq that they would elevate a Evid and treat him like a Kohen? Why can't the Gemara accept that? Which means even the animals of the Sadiqin. God does not bring a stumbling block where you see different stories of the animals of the Sadiqin either did not want to eat different foods that were not taken out to the Motul Ma'asurot or did not want to work on Shabbat. So therefore you see what? If the animals of the Sadiqin, God does not bring a stumbling block. Kochikin and Sadiqin themselves. So how could you tell me the rabbi gave a testimony and based on his testimony, they made an Evid into a Kohen. So they give us, They wanted to, but it didn't come out to fruition. Now, how could such a mistake take place? So the Gibran tells us how it happened. He was in the Biyosei's jurisdiction. He saw a guy go to the granary without his master there, taking her to Rumah. So he came and gave testimony where? He gave the testimony in the jurisdiction of the Biyuda where that already is an indication that he's Miyuhas. So therefore it was a mistake that could happen. Which means if he would have gave the testimony in the Biyuda's jurisdiction, they would have told him it means nothing. He could be an Evid. But by the Biyuda's jurisdiction, that's already an indication. So therefore, the mistake, but it came out at the end that they realized that he saw it in a different jurisdiction, and therefore they did not be ma'aleh, the keuna. Comes the Gemara and continues. Right? Now, you're able to testify what? That this place is a betaparis. And we explain betaparis as she says. Betaparis. Ha'horesh et ha'kever. Right? The guy, let's say, plows a kever. Ha'reze ose betaparis. What is betaparis? Me'a ama. The rabbi said a hundred amma around the place where you plowed. You have to assume that that's where the fragments of the bones scattered. That that's what the rabbi is calculating. A hundred amma 
around that area, the bones uh, scattered. Vidilman nagam, maybe touched or his seat. The concern over is not flesh. Flesh to shoot is a kezayit. The concern over here is what? Bone fragments. Bone fragments to shoot is uh, bone fragments. It's the shoot of a seuna. The size of a barley. So you're worried that there's a barley size of a etzim. Maybe he's going to touch it or move it. Now, we're not concerned. Why, why are you concerned? But there's a dead body under there. Maybe he's my heel over the body. Because to get that, there already you need for atzamot that are underground to be metameh be'ohil. You need already either rov minyan or rov binyan. You need the majority of the bones of the body or the majority of the frame of the structure. Jeez, the, the bones of the, the legs which make up the majority of the structure of the body. Or the skull. Or the skull, the skull yeah. which is the icon. So therefore, in this case, we're worried about the bone fragments that are on top of the ground. So he's able to be believed that what? That this is indeed a dentapatis. So the Gibbara says, my tama. What's the reason why you believe such a, uh, such a testimony? So comes the Gemara and says, the reason why you believe him is because <coughs> the whole deed of a beta paris is only Midrabanan. Because Midoraita, you don't have to be Hoshesh. It's a Hashash Midrabanan that when they plowed the field, that maybe some of the fragments uh, went up. So Gemara says, how do you know Damad of Yuda Amar Shimuel? Adam beta paris A guy has to bring his Kurban Pesah, right? He's got to be in Korban Pesach Betahara. The only way to get to the Beit HaMikdash is he's got to walk through a Beit HaParis. Oh, now, if there was Vadai Tum'ad Deoraita there, we wouldn't let him walk through a Beit HaParis. However, since the Tum'ad's Omid Rabbanam, we let him walk through. How does he walk through? Using the concept of Nipuah, which means he blows his way through it. Which means he walks slowly, and he blows it. Any little fragment's going to happen, what? We'll be pushed to the side and we'll be able to walk in. If it was the Oraita, we wouldn't let him walk in. But from the fact that you see we allowed to use the Nipuah, the method, shows you what? That it's only a Midrabanan. You can rely on Nipuah, on the blowing. Even though you're being Mahil over the body. That's right. Which means an Etzim Kisora, a small little piece of bone fragment, even the size of a seura, is not metameh be'ohel. Adi ika shidra. You have the spinal cord, or gulgolet shilema, or the full skull, or rov binyan, or rov binyan. Or the majority of uh, bones, or the majority of frame. The point is, I'm not worried about ohel. I'm worried about over here touching. Now when a guy walks through the field, he's blowing away, any little fragment will see. So he's not going to move it, not going to touch it. Now you wouldn't be lenient to bring a Quran Pesach to walk through such a field if it was a Deoraita issue. So we see that's why we trust the Idut of a Gadot that saw it when he was a Katat to say indeed was a Metapatis. Furthermore, the Gemara says, Another law. Let's say you know that there's a Metapatis that was trampled. You know, let's say throngs of people walk through it and they trample it. Then you can say the whole field is tahor. You just walk right through it. Why? Because when people trample it, you got to assume that the little bone fragments that are on top of the ground, they disintegrated. Yeah. They became less than a se'ura. So therefore, It's impossible that the etzim kisura was not uh, trampled in the uh, in the surah. She says, Shinidash disharaba. With a lot of, uh, a lot of feet. Tahor. 
وَأَمْرِينَهَنْ كُلَّ عَرْسَمَوْنِ نِخْتِتُوا لِفَحُوْبِ كِشِعُورِ You assume they got trampled less to the shi'ur. Alma, again, what do you see? It's Hashashad Rabbanan. If it was a Doraita, we wouldn't lie on trampling. So you see two proofs that what? Beta Paris is a deen. Mid Rabbanan. The Gemara continues. Ve'ad ka'anayinu ba'im b'shabbat. So you have a witness again who is now a gadol. He's testifying what he remembers as a katan. So he says, I remember when we were a katan, we used to go up until this place on Shabbat. Meaning this was the Tom Shabbat. This was the city uh, city border. So the Gemara says, You have to say that the Mishnah is holding like the opinion that Tom Shabbat is Medrabbanan. Remember we learned in Masikat Shabbat that Rabbi Akiva was the one that held Tehom Shabbat as the Uraita. So if Tehom Shabbat was the Uraita, we wouldn't trust the person to testify what he remembers when he was a Katan. But since Tehom is the Rabbanan, so he can take such a uh, testimony. So man, the witness is not Neiman to say, that I remember when I was young, such and such a guy used to have rights in the field. Which means somebody had a field. Again, he's testifying that the fellow has uh, a field. And he gave walking rights to somebody else through his field. And uh, this went on for three years. And nobody protested. And therefore, this witness is testifying that part of the field's rights belong to somebody else. I mean, walking rights is considered a right. Or he's claiming that what? That there used to be funerals done in this guy's field. When people would come back to the funeral, they're accustomed to stand and to sit and to eulogize. This guy's field used to allow it for that. So the Gemara says he's not in the Iman to say that. Because again, this is already, he's taking money out of somebody's possession. On such a testimony of when you're a Katan, what you saw, it's not going to be valid enough to be motzi mamon from somebody else. Tanu Rabbanam. Ne'emana tinok lomar, kach amar li abba. A tinok, minor, is believed to say, I remember this is what my father used to tell me, mishpachazu tehora, mishpachazu teme'ah. This family is pure, this family is impure. So the Kabbalah says, tehora v'teme'ah salkadatach. What do you mean? Families are not tehora or teme'ah. Which means that Tahor and Tameh is a law of the din Tumah v'tara. You don't say families are Tahor or Tameh. That's what he's able to say. I remember my father said, this family is Kashem and the lineage is fine. That this family over here is Pasul. Um, now again, when it says Ne'eman Tinok, it means he's testifying when he's a Gadol, what he remembers that his father told him when he was a Tinok. Gemara says that this gadol is neeman to say he's believed to say v'shachalu beketzatza shelbat ploni leploni that we ate beketzatza. We're going to wait for the Gemara to explain to us what the word ketzatza means at the wedding of ploni to ploni. When at this wedding we ate ketzatza, we'll see what that means. V'shainu molichin hala umatanot leploni kohen. Furthermore, he's the imam to say that I remember we used to bring hala to such and such a person. Obviously, that means he must be a kohen. The Gemara says he's only believed to say al <coughs> Meaning, I remember my father used to send me as the shaliyah to go deliver hala to such and such, such, such a person. But he's not believed 
to say that his father sent the halal through somebody else. Because since he was a katan, when he's, when he's recollecting this, he's careful to remember things that he himself did. And therefore we can trust his testimony. But on things that other people did, that sent the halal, he wasn't the exact one, so Hakim did not give him a ne'emanut. So comes the Gemara and says, Rashi, V'shayinu modichin al yedei atzmo, im kach ya'idat tinok al yedi ya'ya abba, sholeyach lo halal matanot. My father used to make me the shariah to send this guy halal matanot, so that would be make him a kohen. V'chulan imaya oved kochavim. In all these cases, if let's say the guy was a goy, and then he converted, but he gave all this testimony when he was a goy, and then he converted. He gave the testimony when he was an Eved Kena'ani. And then what happened? He got freed. They do not have a Ne'emanut. Furthermore, like the Mishnah said, there is no Ne'emanut for this Gadol to testify that the uh, fellow had walking rights through somebody else's field, or he had eulogy rites, or the guy used to make funerals in his field, because that's already like we said, a and he cannot testify on something that he remembers when he was a katam. Rabbi Yohanan bin Beroka Omer, Rabbi Yohanan bin Beroka said, Ne'emanim, which means he held that a goy is Ne'eman, Rabbi Yohanan bin Beroka, as well as a Evid that became Mishuhral. He's able to uh, testify uh, on uh, these, uh, these items. And the Gemara will explain exactly what the Mahlokit is. Rashi, Imaya Ovet Kuchavim in it Gayer. Ve'eid Mishin it Gayer. Oh, so we have to be, make, make a clarification. He didn't testify when he was a Goy. He's making the testimony when he was a Ger based on what he saw when he was a Goy. Shara'at Eleben Nukhrito. Okay, so that's the case. We have a clarification there. He's testifying when he's Jewish based on what he remembers when he was a goy. He's testifying after he was free based on what he remembers when he was a Abid. They have a Mahalukti Tarakama and Rabbi Yohanan ben Beroka. Comes Gabran says. Now, Rabbi Yohanan ben Beroka just really said Ne'imanim. Now, we don't know on which part of the Braita did he say Ne'imanim. So the Gabran asks, Rabbi Yohanan ben Beroka Ahiya. Where is he going on? If you're going on the sefa, meaning on what we just said, that the, uh, the, no, the adult is Naiman to say that when I was young, I remember this guy had a field, and uh, the other guy had walking rights through this guy's field. And to that, the Muhammad is saying, he's Naiman to say that, impossible. That's Motsi Mamon. We're not going to let a testimony of what a person remembers when he was a katan to take money out of somebody's possession. Ela Aresha. Ela must be going to be arguing on the beginning part of the statement, which is what? The Mahdokan is on. Can a fellow testify what he remembers when he was a goy or what he remembers when he was a Evid? Rabbi Yohanan says, so what's the root of this ma'alokat? Tarakama says, listen, since he was a goy, bottom line, when he saw it, so he's not medayik. 
he's not uh, careful to see uh, exactly the right way. Therefore, he's not uh, precise. Therefore, you can't trust his testimony. Talk about a case where the guy is intending to convert. And then, since this guy is intending to convert, he's careful. Because he knows he's going to convert. So therefore, he has, uh, you know, um, he's a little more precise when he sees what he sees. So therefore, his testimony is accepted. Now the Gevara says, One of the things we said, that a person has an imanut, as he can say, when I was young, I remember at the wedding of such and such, they were eating biksatsa. So what's this ketsatsa? Gevara says, the Tanur Rabbanan, Kesat ketsatsa, what is this item of ketsatsa? Echad achim. You have one of the guys in the family, one of the brothers, he married a lady that's not hogenet, that's not uh, proper. She comes not, not from a, let's say, Miyuha's family, there's a question on the uh, lineage. Ba'in benim mishpacha, so what was the custom? The other family members would come to the wedding. Umivi'in havit mele'aperot. They would bring a barrel filled with fruit. Veshovrin ota be'emsa dehaba. They will break the barrel of fruit in the middle of the uh, street. Ve'omrim, Ahenu bet Yisrael shema'u. Dear brothers of Israel, listen. Ahenu ploni. Our brother, this guy, Nasa isha she'ena hogenetlo. He married a lady that's not uh, that we for him. Umit yere'im anu, we're scared. Shem yit'arev zar'o bizar'enu. We're worried now that his children are not going to be miyuhas, could be they're going to be pisulim. We're worried now they're going to mix up his children with our children. Learn over here from this lesson over here for the generations. So what? That his uh, lineage should not get mixed up in our lineage. He's able to testify. Remember there was a question at that wedding. Remember they had this kitsasa ceremony. They broke the uh, barrel of fruit in the middle of the street, which indicates that there was something uh, fishy about the, the marriage. The family protested. There was a problem of Yehus uh, over there. And therefore, uh, he is uh, believed. The, the word kitsasa, the Aruchlan explains, comes from the Shon, kits. Or kits like the, the end, the cut off, which means like they're really saying... Uh, and the Yerushalmi has a, has, has, has a language in this Gemara that says, Niksots ploni me mishpachtenu. You know, we're going to cut him off from our uh, family, based on the fact that he has a... Um, that he has... No, they, 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 this is the fact. This is the fact over here. And uh, the, 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 the she says, well, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the fruit exactly? So the she says, Dugma. Look at she. Dugma. Ot v'siman zikaron nedorot abayim. It's a siman. So everybody will remember... So for the future generations, I mean, it's a funny thing. You're breaking the barrel in the middle of the street. So they want to make a spectacle so they won't forget it. So as Mephashim explained, it's almost as if they would tell the people at the wedding, take some fruit. So you remember, hey, take some of this fruit of it so you have like a memento to remember exactly uh, that there's a psul uh, over here. Correct. Because they have, they, the children remember better. So therefore the children like fruit. So therefore you're giving out fruit to the children because they have a, a, a memory. They'll remember better than the adults. You know that they should know that there was something, uh, uh, a type of uh, psul over here. Hadran ala chayshashin et armeda.